Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who might be a better play caller than Byron Lefwich. Brandon Siegel, how you doing? I'm doing well. I don't know if I'm, I'd be a better play caller than Brian Leftwich. I understand. I understand what you're referencing here. I understand that Brian Leftwich messed up in a play that happened like 10 seconds ago. Um, but I don't know if I could call better plays than him. Uh, now Amanda does have more football experience than I do, but is in no way a, a smarter football mind. Uh, is of course the third member of our podcast, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you doing? How was your week? It was great, man, and I, I don't. I just like to like to comment on that note you made. I don't think it's hard to have more football experience than you. You have zero football experience. Yes. Um. So I, I think most people have more football experience than you. Now you do have a lot of time. I, I've personally seen you put a lot of time, a lot of work into NCAA fourteen. So you do have a lot of experience play, yes. calm plays there. That is um, true. But I would. Yeah, you don't have any real experience, if we're being honest. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I but like, I feel like we can cross, like we can tiptoe the line of NCAA football fourteen is relatively real experience. Um, you know, from from the perspective that you know that you're calling plays and stuff. At least I think you know we could we could we could we could cross that line over a little bit, don't you think, Benny? I mean, yeah, it just like in NCAA fourteen, I just throw it deep every play though. And in real mm-hmm. life, I just feel like it wouldn't work. I mean, maybe it would. Who knows? Interesting, interesting. All right, well, look, uh, Trevor, we have a entertaining episode to say the least here. A lot going on in this episode. Um, we'll start off in college basketball. Uh, nothing crazy, I think, happened in college basketball uh, this past week. We had a couple minor upsets. I know think people think Louisville is like an enormous upset. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything like too, too crazy happened. Trevor, why don't you break down uh, some of the college basketball scores and what happened this week? Yeah, so it was the opening week of college basketball, which obviously I was excited for. Um, and, you know, we had some good games. There were some things we could definitely look at here and talk about because I think there's already – you know, some interesting storylines, even though we haven't had like uh, really many marquee matchups yet. We're going to we're going to get a couple on Tuesday. We have the Champions Classic. Uh, we have a couple good games. Actually, we have a lot of good games this coming week. But, you know, nevertheless, we had some interesting ones. And I think the first place I want to start is with this Gonzaga Michigan State game. I think that's probably the headline here. Um, They played on an aircraft carrier. Um, I don't know how long they've been doing this now, but they've been doing it for quite a few years now. It's really cool, you know, just to see the aircraft carrier um, with with the court. I think it was out in San Diego. And it was interesting because playing a game outside, obviously that changes um, a lot of things. And the shooting, the outside shooting was pretty bad in this game. There were quite a few air ball threes, um, especially early on. And it it was very interesting because the game was kind of like the first half, the sun was still out and it was slowly going down. I think by halftime we had like a nice little sunset when uh, they, they were talking about the game. Um, and then the second half was mostly in the dark and it was really cool um, just to see like all the different, um, they talked to a bunch of different like, you know, veterans, military people. And it was really cool to see that aspect. And then as far as the game too, it was really fun because it was such a competitive game. I mean, both of these teams uh, you know, a lot of foul calls, a lot of turnovers. It was very sloppy, but also you could tell like, uh, just by the energy, um, on that court, both teams were playing like their lives were on the line. So it was really fun in that aspect. Um, neither team looked fabulous. Gonzaga definitely, you know, they had some issues. They were turning the ball over. Um, they were having trouble scoring too, because Michigan state's defense was playing very well. Uh, one guy I want to shout out for Michigan State, uh, Matty Sissoko, uh, the big man for Michigan State, 
who didn't really play much last year for Michigan State. Um, he had 14 points and 9 rebounds in this game. And I think Sissoko's is going to be a very important piece of this Spartans team this year um, because of, you know, the rebounding, the defensive uh, you know presence he has, and his ability to rim run, catch lobs, catch alley-oops. Um, I think he's pretty solid. So we'll see if that continues. Again, we this is the first time I've really gotten to see him like with a lot of minutes. So he played pretty well. He did get into foul trouble and ended up fouling out. But overall, I thought it was a good showing for him. And I think he could be, you know, he, he could be a piece that gives Michigan State a chance to, to win the Big Ten. On the uh, Gonzaga side, again, like I said, they came out slow. They were having trouble scoring. Um, and they were down seven in halftime. But in the second half, Drew Timmy really kind of came on strong. He had a couple nice post moves, especially when Sissoko went out. They brought in the backup big, I think the freshman, Kohler, and uh, Drew Timmy. You know, his like textbook, like he gets in the post, he spins back toward the basket, usually gets a nice little layup in there. He had a couple nice moves like that, finished the game with 22 rebounds or 22 points and 13 rebounds. And he was the spark plug that kind of uh, created that run for Gonzaga. They tied it up and they were able to hang on 64 63. Was the final score again? A lot of a lot of things that Gonzaga is going to need to get figured out. But the thing is, this game was on an aircraft carrier. It was outside, so there's a lot of uh, you know it, it's not the normal environment, right? So you can't put a ton of stock into this game for you know second game of the season for both these teams. It was outside. However, I do think Drew Timmy you know really had a solid second half there uh, for the Zags. Interesting, and the the game on the aircraft carrier is always an entertaining one. Um, and, you know, look, I'm just frankly happy Michigan State lost, uh, if we're being honest here. Uh, Trevor, we got to see Amani Bates uh, for the we first did. time really, you know, <coughs> excuse me, really, you know, show his wings in this game. Any thoughts on Amani Bates? Yeah, so this game was very fun. And obviously, we, we look at the MAC very closely because obviously our Bowling Green Falcons are in the MAC. So it was really interesting to see Eastern Michigan. Uh, play Michigan very, very tight. I mean, this was a close game all the way through. Eastern Michigan actually had the lead for a, a big chunk of this game. And it was really because of, you know, Amani Bates, you know, doing a lot of creation, you know, one-on-one jumpers, getting to the rim, drawing fouls. He had a really nice dunk. And then Noah Farrakhan, the guard um, out of New Jersey, he was also kind of a high, he was a, he was a solid recruit too, had a lot of high major offers. He ended up going to East Carolina, didn't really work out. Now he's here at Eastern Michigan. And that kind of tandem where you have Imani Bates, who's like, you know, he's the taller wing who can shoot, who can get to the rim, you know, great in transition. And then Noah Farrakhan, who's, you know, a smaller guard, but is still super quick, can get to the basket. You know, a lot of occasions where he kind of blew by some of the Michigan guards getting to the rim. And he was very impressive and he was very important. Michigan did come away with the win, um, a big part of that obviously being Mr. Reliable, Hunter Dickinson. But I, I got to say, it's you know it's the first time I've seen Michigan, so again, don't want to make a ton out of it, but seems like they're still very reliant on Hunter Dickinson. Um, you know, some of these other players, they got a couple transfers, a couple young guards that they're going to be relying on, and they weren't that great this game, you know, um, but it is one it is one game so we'll see how michigan continues to grow we'll see how they continue to work it out they got the transfer uh Llewellyn. they got po- kobe buffkin who's obviously pretty big for him for michigan 
and we'll see, you know, how they kind of grow as a team, you know, as the year progresses. Yes, sir. Yes, we will. Uh, ben, any thoughts you want to add to college basketball here before we kind of move on to college football? Uh, yeah, America's team, the St. Peter's Peacocks, lost sad day. They lost to Seton Hall. That's the first thing I saw on the scoreboard on ESPN. Sad day when, when Their former team coach. Like that loses. Oh, yeah, I forgot he went to Seton yeah. Hall. Well, you know, sad day for America's team, but they will bounce back. I'm, I'm confident Kentucky better watch out because they're coming for him. <clears> um, not a whole lot. I didn't really watch a whole lot of college basketball. I still don't. I've said this before, but I mean it. I, I forgot that Drew Timmy was still on Gonzaga. Like, I still can't believe he's still on Gonzaga. <laughs> Amazing. He's got to be, like, five. 40 years old. And I remember was exactly Timmy, having this exact— Was Drew exact... Timmy playing when we were in college? He was, right? Yeah. Bro, how this long is, do you think we've been out of college, his, dude? This is Not fifth that old. year. He's, he's been there um, forever. I just—and I know we've talked about that before, at least I have on this podcast, but, like, I just—I literally forgot until that was mentioned, and I'm like, there's no way. I was like, I don't believe you. There's no way he's still on Gonzaga. He's got to be, like, 80 years old. Um— but no, I mean, and just to piggyback off of that real quick to that game on an aircraft carrier, I appreciate watching games on an aircraft carrier um, because when they airball threes and they can use the excuse of like, well, it was windy. I use that same excuse when I play inside in a gym. So like I appreciate watching these high level athletes in Division One college basketball use wind as an excuse for airballing threes because I do it all the time. So it kind of makes me feel like that we're not that different myself and in, in the, you know, the best players in college basketball. So I really do appreciate watching these college basketball players get get humbled every once in a while playing out, outside on, a, on an aircraft carrier that moves because it's in the freaking water, which is also a crazy concept. Wait, Ben, you, you use that excuse inside? Trevor, inside? if I'm never one of three, I'm using any excuse I can. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> Trevor, I'm the guy that, Trevor, if, if I don't, if I just, if somebody just breathes on me heavily, I'll just call a foul. Like, I'm that guy. Because Trevor, I like, I like, come on. You know where you are in the world. That's, Trevor, that's there's, no, there's no rational Still reason worries. why I should ever airball three. So when it happens, I'm like, well, something, it can't be my fault. There's no way That's it can true. be my fault. I should have at least been able to hit something. Yeah, I agree. Pretty, pretty good. I, I think he has a good mindset about it. But let's let's keep on moving along here um, to college football. Look, we've saw Oregon had a rough weekend. They lost in basketball, lost in football. Uh, seemingly, their college football hopes are dead. Uh, it seems like to me. Um, we we had TCU. They they pulled it out against Texas. Big win. Uh, they're at ten or no, uh, which is a big big deal. Uh, we got Michigan and Ohio State both taking wins. It seems like we're going to have a clash of the Titans there, even though one of them is not really a Titan. Um, and, you know, we had LSU surviving mm-hmm. versus Arkansas. That game was close at a point in time. Um, we had Alabama Ole Miss, 9 versus 11, and Alabama scores 14 unanswered to win the game. Uh, great by them. So, look, Trevor, interesting day of games, okay? Anything that, you know, spoke out to you that you wanted to mention? Yeah, I mean, obviously the biggest storyline is Oregon losing, right? Because Oregon, they were the number six team uh, ranked in the college football playoff rankings. They went down, uh, they, they played Washington at home, and they lost 37-34. to Very close game. They had plenty of opportunities to win it. Unfortunately, they didn't come through, and now looks like their you know playoff hopes are crushed, I would say. I mean, two losses in Pac-12, I, don't, I think they're done. Um, so that's the biggest storyline there. Obviously, that kind of opens up the door for some of these other teams. Uh, we talked about LSU last week. They barely survived against Arkansas. They did win, and again, that's uh, I guess that's all that matters ultimately. However, when you're a two-loss team in LSU and you barely beat Arkansas, I mean, LSU if they if they win out, they're going to be one of these teams that we're discussing is like you know maybe they're the four or the five and they're in contention with another team and they're that's who's like they're deciding on uh, of who's going to get that fourth spot and anything on your resume that 
uh, the committee looks at and it's like, eh, that game, they barely beat Arkansas. Like, it's not it's not the greatest thing for LSU. So I, I think that that does matter, the fact that they did struggle. Um, but again, you know, a lot of these teams are losing. You know, we have the OSU-Michigan game. I mean, if you have a, a one-loss Michigan versus a two-loss LSU who wins an SEC title, I mean, I don't know who's getting the four spot there. Um, right. So those are the types of conversations that we might have. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I, now, so Ben, I have a question for you in that position, one loss, Michigan team, no championship versus two loss LSU team with a championship. Who do you take? Cause I think there's a correct answer. I'm taking LSU because in order for that to happen, they will have had to have beaten Georgia. Um, not to Mm -hmm. mention that I mean, the committee's made it very clear like they value conference championships. So, yes, Michigan would have one less loss than LSU, but LSU would have a win over the best team in the country and also a, a conference championship, which is valuable. So, um, I think the way it's shaping out, like, and this is something that always gets brought up, and I, w- I honestly was about to ask that same question, Brandon, and I answered it, I guess, myself, but, like, it's shaping out to where I just, based off of what the committee has talked about in regards to conference championships, I just can't see the loser of Ohio State-Michigan making it with with a loss and not having the chance to to play for a Big Ten championship. It's going to be tough for them um, to to get in over teams like probably Georgia, but even if Georgia doesn't win, an LSU or a TCU if they win the Big 12 championship. There's just not a lot of spots out there for for those teams. Um, And a Michigan or an Ohio State team with a loss and – not a not a championship a conference championship I do think hurts them enough to where they're not gonna be able to make it. Do you? I, I think LSU's 100 percent the right answer. Well, I mean, because they will have beaten Georgia and Georgia's unstoppable. Like you beat Georgia and you win a conference mm-hmm. championship in the SEC, you you got a very good chance of making the playoff. Yeah, you know, I I agree. I think LSU's the uh, the easy answer in that scenario. Now here here I have a different question. Let's say Ohio State's the loser, one loss Ohio State versus two loss LSU with the championship. Do you say the same thing? Yeah, I don't think I, I really don't think it matters. I, I don't think that Ohio State being Ohio State changes the or moves the needle enough to where they would get in over an LSU. I think if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship, they are one hundred percent in. And I honestly be kind of upset if they weren't in because at that point, I get the two losses. But if the way that they they won beating Alabama and then beating Georgia in the conference championship with an SEC championship, like I just think they would ha- they would totally deserve to be in, in my opinion. T- throw out the the two losses, I really do think that that they would be one of the better one of the best teams out there. I like that answer. I think that's the correct answer, hundred um, percent. Okay, uh, Trevor. Any anything else college football wise that you want to talk about before we we move along? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we we have some good games coming up next week. It's just going to be again. Obviously, the playoff is what what most people are going to be talking about. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to shake out. You know, will we see more upsets next week? Uh, you know, and obviously we have that big Michigan Ohio State game coming up here in two weeks. Yes, of course, and I'm personally very excited about it. Uh, hoping my boys in blue could take one, although I would never bet on them, so we'll see. All right, Trevor, in the NBA, we're about 14 games through the season. Um, I got here on the note that you would like to discuss your way-too-early MVP race. Now, here's the thing, Trevor. There's only one acceptable answer, but uh, uh, let's see what you have to say in terms of who you think is the MVP so far in the one-seventh of the season that we've seen. Well, I don't know if you want to talk about LeBron because LeBron's not doing so well right now. Um, you know, he's not super efficient. His his statistics are down a little bit, and the team's two and ten. But we we won't talk about LeBron because, frankly, I think the Lakers are just one of the most boring teams to talk about in the NBA. I think 
Uh, I think everyone has a pretty clear understanding of what this team is um, at this stage. But I do want to talk about the the MVP race. Obviously, yes, it's only, what, a month into the season, whatever it is. Um, So it is very early, but I want to talk about it because I think it's interesting. I think that a lot of these players so far, I mean, we've seen so many like big performances, 40-point performances, even yesterday. I think we had three players, at least three players, score over 40. Luka had like a 40-point triple-double, Embiid had 40 points, and Jason Tatum had a big, uh, you know, I think it was like 42, 43 points he had. So a lot of big performances so far in the season, a lot of players really showing out. So as far as the MVP race goes, I do think Giannis has the slight edge right now. I think he would be leading the pack. He was my, that was my pick preseason. On this podcast, I said I I think Giannis would be my pick. Because I think the Bucks most likely to get the one seed. Again, he'll probably have similar stats to he had last season, if not slightly better. He'll be efficient. Um, you know, and maybe he'll even add a piece of his game. Maybe he'll become a little bit more efficient jump shooting. Maybe he'll become even a, a better free throw shooter, you know. Maybe he'll be a better passer, right? So I think he's been really solid this year. The Bucks have the best record in the East. Um, and Giannis is obviously putting up very solid numbers right now in the season. So I do think he has the slight edge over my number two pick, Luka. Uh, I'd have Luka at number two. Just for a comparison, Giannis is averaging about 32 points per game on 54% shooting. And he's averaging about 12 rebounds and five assists. So, you know, pretty pretty typical Giannis numbers, like 32, 12, and five. That's kind of what we uh, come to expect from him. And Luka... I mean, Luka's just been insane. Like, Dallas, you know, record-wise, they're not as quite as, obviously, they're not as good as Milwaukee. I think they're maybe the, the six or the seven seed right now, uh, maybe slightly above 500. But they got a big win last night. That helps out Luka's case a little bit, and he's averaging about 34, 9, and 8 um, overall, shooting about 50% from the field. So... It's a tough call between these two. Um, ultimately, uh, Giannis's team has more success. Giannis is a better defender. Um, I think that's enough to give him the edge over Luca. But Luca, I believe this year he was on like a big streak of thirty-point games. I think he only has maybe one game where he didn't score thirty points this season. I believe so. Luca's been uh, pretty insane, obviously, uh, to say the least. And I'm not, I'm not too surprised to see that. Um, you know, uh, he would have been my pick. If you would have said, who's going to win the scoring champ? Who's going to score the most points? I would have said Luka Doncic. So he's second. After that, I think you have kind of a slew of guys that are kind of in the mix there. I think three, I'd go with Jason Tatum. Um, he's been awesome. The Celtics have been on a little bit of a run yesterday. And he just continues. He, he seems like he's on a mission. Like, I think he's very upset about the way he performed in the finals last year. And he's on a mission. And I think that's very evident. Uh, I mean, he's just, it's, it's lethal when you go against Jason Tatum. I I think there might be a little fear in, in some of those, uh, players or maybe opposing fans, at least when you go against Jason Tatum, I think he's third. And then after that, um, I'd probably go Donovan Mitchell for, I know the Cavs have lost a couple straight, but I think I go him for, um, based on his, you know, solid performance with the Cavs coming to this team what he's added, and I'd round out the top five, probably with Ja Morant, I think, at five. Uh, You have other guys like Steph, Damian Lillard, that have been very good as well, but I think Ja gets the edge there. Uh, Memphis is playing very well. They're nine and four, and I think this Memphis team, I mean, if I'm, I don't know if they constitute as like a dark horse uh, finals team, 
but if you could consider them a dark horse, I, I that would be a dark horse for me to make the finals. The Memphis Grizzlies, they look pretty awesome. And in addition wow. to that, Desmond Bain has uh, taken another leap as well. So that's kind of where I stand on this, um, on MVP race. Is Brandon, I guess I'll ask you, is there any one, I guess anyone's performance that's maybe surprised you um, or any player that's kind of kind of stood out to you so far? I mean, I think the one player I would mention would be Donovan Mitchell, and you talked about him a little bit already. Um, after, like, really watching him play, it seems like he has become from a player who, oh, he's a really good player to, oh, he's a great player in the league. Um, and I think that step up is, is really, really important for the Cavs. And yeah, they've lost a couple, but, I mean, they're a good team all in all. Um, so mm-hmm. they, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. Trevor, I have one, one follow-up question for you. I'm interested. What is the team that you would say you were most impressed by? And it could be, I mean, if it's if it's the the if it's the, the Bucks, it's the Bucks. Mm-hmm. But what would be like the one team you're like, wow, this team just looks way better than I thought they'd be. Okay, so so most impressed based on like my preseason expectations. So there's an obvious so answer. There's an obvious answer. It's the Utah Jazz. Um, they're ten and four when everyone was like saying, Oh, Utah might be like like they're in the Victor Wabanyama race, like they might have the number one pick. And they're somehow ten and four. Um, and that kind of translates to like uh, another thing I want to talk about, just talking about players a lot in this episode. Because if we're talking about, you know, not players that are in the MVP race, but players that are like standing out, players that have impressed in a good way that you didn't expect, the number one guy on that list is Lori Markinen. Lori Markinen, former really? Cleveland Cavalier, former Chicago Bull. Lori Markinen, I mean, I, I I thought he was bad. Like last year, years past, watching him for the Cavs, Bulls, I didn't think he was a very good NBA player. I was like, eh, he's a, you know, he's like an average, like, he could he could be a starter. He, he's like an average starter. But from what he's done so far this season, I mean, it's it's so wild to see a player come out and play the way Laurie Markkinen has. I don't know how, what year this is in his career now, um, but he's averaging about 22 points per game and nine rebounds per game, which is wild. This is his one, two, three. This is sixth season. So just like looking at a jump that he's made, from last season to this season, I mean, last year for the Cavs, he was only averaging about 15 points a game and six rebounds. Now he's jumped that up to 22 points and nine rebounds. Um, so it's pretty wild. He's also a lot more efficient, and he's the best team, or he's the best player on this Utah Jazz team that's the number one seed in the Western Conference. It's it's pretty wild right now. I, I don't, again, I, I don't really expect it the team to, to hold. I, I don't think the Utah Jazz will be the number one seed in the West, but... You know, it looks it looks like they have a really good chance to make the playoffs at least, and that's not something that really anyone expected. So, Laurie Markkinen, he's been just awesome, and I'm just like shocked that he's his, that he's been so great. Interesting, yeah. I know, like, I feel like a ton of Cleveland people like kind of wrote him off, like, oh, he wasn't that important piece of a deal. I've always liked Markkinen, and I'm I'm happy that he's kind of coming into his own in Utah. Let's uh let's keep on moving along here, though, Trevor. Um, let's get on over to the NFL. We have a game going on currently in uh, Germany. Which I, I, is this the first time they've played in Germany? I think it is. I think it might yeah, be the first time they've played in Germany. I was going to say, Ben, I, I'm going to resort to our resident historian, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ben O'Brien, on this. Yeah, I'm like 99% sure it is. And look, Trevor, the result's been pretty solid for you. We even have Brady playing well uh, so far. Nine minutes left in the fourth quarter here as we are uh, you know, live 
currently, uh, 21-3. But besides that, um, we can get into a little bit of, uh, of football here. Um, so, you know, just quick, as we always do, some biggest takeaways from from uh, last week, week 9. Um, anything that you guys want to discuss in terms of week 9? Ben, I'll, I'll actually hand this off to you first. I, I appreciate that, considering I don't have last week's scoreboard pulled up. Give me, like, four seconds. I got it up. Never mind. We're good. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, did, like, it's been seven days. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, uh, the Bengals won by 21 points, but according to Brandon, that's not a very impressive win, so it's whatever. I guess we won't talk. I, I won't mention that. I was going to mention that, that they looked great and that they dominated the Panthers, but Injo Mixon had five touchdowns, but I'm not going to mention it because Brandon's not impressed with it. Um, I do think the Chargers, okay, I, th- we've talked a lot, a lot about the Chargers, and I know that they have a lot of injury issues, okay? But the Falcons are not good, and they probably really, if we're being honest, they should have lost that game. I still have so many questions about the Chargers. Um, and I, I, I know we've spent so much time talking about the Chargers on this podcast, but it really is like they are the perfect example of the AFC West just being the, the, the weirdest division ever because the Chargers are a really weird team. And, yes, I know, again, they're hurt. I get it. Um, but even with all the injuries they have, they still have – they show signs of, like, this team could be pretty good, but they show signs of this team is garbage. So there's a lot of questions about the Chargers um, in a very weird and very peculiar AFC West um still though it, it's one of those like i i think and i'm just assuming based on justin herbert and his talent i think that they still have every opportunity in the world to make the playoffs i think that they can still get to to nine wins this season maybe 10 wins this season um i'm not completely rolling out the chargers again even though justin herbert has a billion broken ribs or whatever and he's throwing to no one um still very interested though and very just very odd the way that this whole season's played out with them um and then i'll, I'll just do one more I don't, i'm not going to take up everything here but I mean, how can you not mention the Packers losing to the Lions? And it's one of those things, like, going in, I think we talked about this last week, people, like, it's not like this was, oh, the, this is a get-right game for the Packers. There were a lot of people that were like, based on the way this is going, the Lions have every chance to win this game. Um, and Aaron Rodgers looked terrible. He threw, like, two or three interceptions at the goal line. He did not look like, like a good player at all. Um, I think he had some comment after the game, typical Aaron Rodgers, where he's blaming everyone else but himself, really, or he said something about how, I'm going to show up, but it depends on if other players are going to show up and play too, or something like that. Um, just a total disaster, man. And like, it's one of those things. The Packers have been have dominated that division for so long, and it hasn't been a good division. I mean, the Packers have been clearly the best team for for a very long time. It's very refreshing to watch them struggle and watch teams like the Lions get this win. And then obviously you have the Vikings who are, are playing well. Um, but it really is just based off of the last couple of years with Aaron Rodgers and that Packers organization. It seems like this is just heading in an absolute disaster way, like to end the, his career in, in Green Bay. Um, and I'm not saying that this is his last year playing there, but it absolutely could be just based on the relationship, like I said, with, with, or with the organization there. Um, because, and like, this is such a coach thing to say, but it's true. Like winning minimizes issues and losing absolutely magnifies the issues that you have. And because the Packers are now three and six and they just lost to the Lions, like every issue with that, with that organization is being magnified a thousand times bigger than it typically is because of, um, how they've looked. I mean, it's just they're not the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers clearly misses Devontae Adams, and I'm sure in some ways Devontae Adams misses him out there at Player Night Las Vegas. But um, it's just crazy, man, because even with – and this is the last point I'll make. Even with the Packers being bad and not necessarily having quote-unquote weapons, you don't you just don't expect to see an Aaron Rodgers team be 3-6. and six. I don't care if he's playing with high school kids. You expect a team with Aaron Rodgers on it to be at least 500. And it's kind of the same thing with Brady, but like – to see an Aaron Rodgers team that's three and six, it's one we just don't see it. We've never really seen it, and and two, it kind of shows, um, the just 
the the turbulence that that organization has has had the last couple of years, you know, with the mm-hmm. playoff droughts and or the playoff failures and the way that they've played in playoffs and the way that Aaron Rodgers has kind of acted towards ownership. It's very interesting. I I, I don't know if the season's necessarily over, um, but it's definitely on life support. I can say that right now. Yeah, I think your point on the Chargers, I, I, look, they have had a lot of really big injuries. I mean, Keenan Allen is basically not playing the whole year. Mike Williams is very limited. Um, but at some point in time, Ben, I think you make a good point about, like, Herbert has what – he just has to use what's around him and, yeah. and win games. And 5-3 and three is still not bad. Like, I feel like we, we kind of crap on the Chargers a little bit. But it's not like 5-3 and three is terrible at all. Um, and obviously this isn't the team that we, you know, thought it would be. I wonder if those receivers get healthy, how much that's going to change. You know, we look at Burrow, who he had one bad game without Chase, but this past game, I mean, it wasn't the world's greatest game, but he was 22 for 28. They scored 42 points. They kind of just figured it out. And I know you make fun of me because I was like, oh, it's just the Panthers. Um, but beating any NFL team by three scores is an, an impressive amount, even if it is who I think is the worst team in the NFL. Well, the Panthers um, have three wins. Let's, let's not act like they're the worst team I was about to say, ever. I was like, they might not be too bad at this point. Um, so, I, I don't know, I think... It, it, I think beating any NFL team is good, but I think you make a good point about the Chargers. At some point, Herbert, you got to step it up, you know, make something happen. Trevor, any takeaways you want to talk about before we go into, uh, or I guess, our, like midseason rankings? You wanted to uh, to discuss your midseason rankings? I actually made an article. If anyone wants to go check it out, uh, which I plan on updating weekly, uh, and I had my Week Ten Power Rankings that I put out. But Trevor, any comments that you want to make on that or your own rankings uh, that you want to talk about? Yeah, so Ben, the only takeaway I really had was I was going to mention the Packers. Ben Ben pretty much covered it. I agree. Um, Aaron Rodgers had three interceptions, uh, which is very unlike him. But at this point, I like I kind of like don't think he cares. To be it honest, it seems like he does not at all. It seems like he just I, does not care at all. Yeah, I I think he like like I don't know what it is, but it doesn't really seem like he cares, which is like just weird, you know. I I, I don't know. It's it's definitely not good. But uh, that that was kind of my main takeaway. The Packers are, you know, not looking good. Losing the Lions is just you, you can't lose the Detroit Lions. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And that kind of transitions to the midseason power rankings, which obviously, yes, Brandon ha- has an article. If you haven't read Brandon's article, go go read it now. Uh, you you can stop this podcast if you want. You can pause the podcast, go listen to or go read Brandon's article. It was awesome. And surprisingly, Brandon, you know, it seems like we we talk about like different NFL teams. And we'll find like a lot of disagreements, but our power rankings are pretty darn similar, I, I must say. Now, we've seen a couple games. We saw the Thursday night game. We're currently in the middle of this Seahawks-Bucks game. Um, so maybe there's certain things that change, like maybe the Falcons probably will be down in your rankings. But looking at your rankings, um, there were a lot of similarities that I thought um, between us two. Um, actually should, I, I forgot to send you my rankings before we did this. Cause I wanted to see what you thought of mine, but I'm going to do that in real time. Um, and then I think the biggest takeaway, number one, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think this is interesting because you had the bills at number one and you had the Eagles at number two ahead of the chiefs. I actually have it mm-hmm. flipped. I have the chiefs at two, uh, the Eagles at three. So, I mean, was there any particular reason? I, I guess what kind of made you put the Eagles above the Chiefs? Um, I so I think you know at some point when you're eight and no, you got to respect it a little bit. Um, I do have some hesitancy towards the Eagles being the number one team, uh, but I feel like they've proven enough where I'd put them above, above the Chiefs. Now I know the top three is going to be a little bit controversial because you know the Bills have won after a, you know a tough loss to the Jets. Um, you know, Allen's a little bit hurt. We'll see how they do against the Vikings today. 
Um, all three of those teams are in the top tier uh, for me, and I think they're all pretty close. You can put them any which way, and I, I would not be upset about the, the order in the slightest bit. Um, but for me, if I'm picking out of these three teams who I think is going to win the Super Bowl, if they all individually played against each other, I think the Bills win against both the Eagles and Chiefs. I think the Eagles would beat the Chiefs, will lose to the Bills, and I think the Chiefs would lose to both teams. Um, and that's that's kind of why I put the rankings as you know what they are at one, two, and three. Okay, gotcha. I think um, other than that, I mean, again, going down the line, we're pretty pretty good here. You have your Baltimore Ravens at seven. I actually also have the Baltimore Ravens at number seven. Um, you know, based on the way they played, again, they're they're winning games. They're they're six and three, and a lot of there's no none of these teams like in that six, seven, eight range are like great, but they're a lot of them are finding ways to win. You know, they're they're managing games. They're even if it's close, they're finding ways to win, and the Ravens are starting to get healthier. So I I agree there with the Ravens at seven. Um, another interesting one, which I also agree, the New York Jets. I want I want to talk about the Jets because you have the Jets at eleven. I think I also have them at 11 I want to say they're six and three they just beat the bills I mean what do we think about the Jets I guess Ben I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts what are what how real are the Jets do you think this will continue do you think they can make the playoffs or do you think at some point they're they're going to go on a little bit of a losing streak and, and come back down to earth a little bit so that's what I just looking at your rankings Trevor that you just sent us like and I'm not I'm not I would not call myself a, a Jets advocate or anything like that but I think they're a pretty good team um, and look what, I mean, look what they've done this year. Yes, they've lost games to like, you know, decent teams like the Patriots. They lost the Patriots who are not a bad team at all. And they lost to the Bengals who are whatever. Um, but they've beat, they've had, they have some impressive wins. I mean, obviously that Bills win is a very impressive win. At what point, what do they have to do? And I guess this is more of a question for you, Trevor, or Brandon, cause you guys both have them at 11. At what, what do they have to do to get in that top 10? Cause I, in my opinion, I feel like at this point, it may, it might not be this way at the end of the season, but it, to me, it seems like they're a top 10 team just based on what I've seen. And maybe part of that is it's hard to have a team be a top 10 team when you have Zach Wilson at quarterback. And I don't, I don't hate Zach Wilson at all, but he is still very unreliable. Um, and he makes a lot of bad decisions, even though he's been, it seems like he's been a little bit better this year with the time that he's played. Um, but anyway, my question, like, I, in my opinion, I'd put him at 9 or 10. Like, I think they're a top 10 team. I really do. Just based off of what I've seen, they have a fantastic defense. Um and they have weapons on offense with Zach Wilson. As long as Zach Wilson does the smart, you know, makes the smart plays and doesn't force things, doesn't try to make something out of nothing, um, and just just kind of accepts defeat on a couple plays, throw it away instead of forcing a pass. Um, they're a good team, and they and they've shown a lot of promise this year. So I don't know. I I think I just to my, in my opinion, eleven seems a little low. I, I think I would have had them at maybe like a nine, um, just based off of what I've seen. They have a lot of talent. And I've been impressed with what they've done this year so far. Yeah, I, yeah. I think. I, I think oh, go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Zach Wilson's obviously a big part of it. I mean, watching yeah, some of that Patriots game last week, uh, he threw three interceptions, uh, they, and they lost to the Patriots. I think they were at home in that game, I believe. So I, I didn't, like, watching some of that game, I, I didn't think they were that impressive, but then you look at some of their other games, like they beat the Bills, and then a few weeks ago, I mean, I, the Packers aren't very good anymore, but they beat them by 17. They destroyed the Miami Dolphins um, back in early October, so it's like, their their recent five or six games, just you look at it and you're like, based on the scores, it's like that probably should be a top ten team. But I guess there's still a little bit of hesitancy because it does still feel kind of new, and because they do have Zach Wilson as their quarterback. I think uh, the biggest thing is the offense. Uh, their defense is phenomenal, really, really great. 
Um, and I think this is a good display of how important draft picks are. If you look at their draft picks that they had, they have so many guys that are playing meaningful minutes that were in you know this this draft class. Um, you know the three first rounders are a big deal, but I think like one thing that is taken for granted, especially in the NFL, like, people will make trades where like they'll trade like a really good player for like a fifth round pick, and the really good player is on a huge contract. Picks matter a lot in the NFL, and you're seeing that with the Jets this year. The offense is not drastically different at the helm. You know, Zach Wilson's really hasn't played much better. Uh, but getting Brees Hall, getting Garrett Wilson is, is huge pickups, and it's made really quite the difference. You look at that defense, Ahmad Gardner has been, I mean, just fabulous on the defensive side. Arguably the best quarterback in football. Um, so I, I think the Jets defensively have, have looked really, really good. The question is going to be, can the offense keep up with teams um, that are, you know, very, very powerful? You know, you look at the Ravens game. The Ravens game wasn't close, 24-9. to 9. Obviously, earlier in the season, you look at the Bengals game, 27-12. to 12. The Patriots game, the offense blew that game for them. When you're in the playoffs, you need to score a lot of points, a lot of points to win those playoff games. Those games go to the end. Do we trust Zach Wilson in a two-minute drill? Absolutely not. I don't think anyone here would say that they do. So my problem with the Jets is going to be that offense. That is why they're not in the top ten yet. Um, but, look, they're creeping up. I mean, they're close. So, Ben, to answer your question, that's why they're not there quite yet. Okay. And then just last point real quick, Trevor. I'm just looking at your rankings. Um, fantastic number 32 team, the Steelers. Honestly, I would put them at 33. I would just leave 32 <laughs> blank, and I think I'd make a 33 for the Steelers. Obviously, just an embarrassing season. Um, their fans have to just be ashamed of the performance that they've put on. Kenny Pickett is, is not, it's not what people thought that he would be um, so far this year. So, just a, a fantastic set of rankings, especially at, at the end there with the Steelers being last. I mean, no-brainer, obvious decision, just based off of quality of the field, based off of quality of their fans, based off of uh, you know how America feels about the Steelers. Of course, they'd be last. It just makes sense. Yeah. I actually, I actually want to mention one more team real quick. Uh, it, it's the Washington Commanders because— the way they've been playing last week, I mean, we crossed them off. Like they were yeah. one, they were like our fourth or fifth cross off, and I put them 18th. I mean, I was going through it, and I was just like, eh, this team. I was like, Commanders, Packers. Well, the Commanders beat the Packers. The Packers just lost a terrible game of the Lions. I guess I put the Commanders out of the Packers, um, and I was kind of going through it, and I landed on an 18 for them, which was I was surprised by. But I don't know, Brandon. What what are what do you think about the Commanders? I mean, uh, the Commanders are all right. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't love or hate the Commanders. I had the Commanders at twenty three. Um, they look, they're three and one in their last couple games. I said, it, talked about this in the article. I think the biggest thing is they got Heineke at quarterback, and when if well, Wentz is out for the year, but you know, or it's Wentz. You know, they just don't have good quarterback play. It's not like their offense is super explosive. It's not like their defense is super explosive. I just think they're a below average team that is excelling a little bit. Um, you know, in the current state, but I don't think they're like a drastically you know great team. Like I don't see. I don't see the Commanders and instantly think, yeah, that's going to be a playoff team, even with the, the more recent success. If you look down at their upcoming schedule, they have Eagles, Titans, Falcons, Double Giants, Niners, Browns, and Cowboys. I mean, I could see a win against a Texans, Falcons, but the rest of those games I think are losses. You know, this to me is looking like a 6-7, maybe an 8-win team, but probably 6 or 7 wins. So I, I think we were right on par. I think this is a bottom half team, uh, closer to a bottom quadrant. Uh, if we're being honest, I, I don't really like them at all. All right, yeah, fair enough. All right, well let's uh let's keep on going on here. Let's get to our cross off, um, and we're really getting down to it here. The cross off is definitely becoming a little bit more difficult. However, I will say this: I think I have a team to cross off. I think I have a team. 
Trevor, I want you to go first. I'm interested to see if we have the same team. So I have five teams that I that I marked here in my little piece of notebook paper. Um, those five teams are the Browns, the Colts, the Broncos, the Packers, and the Saints. I marked those five teams. I was like, and you could argue the Falcons, but again, the, the, this division is still kind of tough, um, even though the Bucks are playing well right now, just because you know none of these teams really look that good. Um, but there's one team in particular that stands out to me based on uh, the events of this the past seven days, uh, starting with, uh, well, the team, by the way, is the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, yeah. they played the Patriots. They looked absolutely atrocious. You can look at this score and you can say, oh, the Patriots, they win 26-3. to Good game for the Patriots. They didn't even do anything special. Their defense is fine, but Mac Jones still doesn't even look that great. Their offense, like, they, yeah, they managed to get 26 points. I just think the Colts team is legitimately that bad. I think they are atrocious. I think Sam Ellinger might be the worst quarterback in the NFL. Um, now they have hired Jeff Saturday, a former analyst. I Like, he played for the team, but he's an analyst. He has no coaching experience. He's now their head coach suddenly. Jim Irsay is like trying to act like like as NFL fans were dumb and we don't know like like oh so what if he doesn't have experience? It's like we're not stupid, Jim Irsay. We're not. We 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 know what we know what it takes to win games. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. And the Colts with their last couple weeks of play, they've been terrible. Now this whole Jeff Saturday thing, I just there's no way I see it going well. So for me, it's the Colts. So I have the Colts as well. They're 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 bad, um, but I have another team that you did not mention that I think is probably second. That's gonna be the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals kind of stink, and they're in a division that they're not gonna make it out of. Um, so I I actually have the Cardinals up next, um, which will probably be my team next week. But the Colts I think are the easy answer this week for sure. We can we can get the Colts out of here. Uh, what, what do you think about the Cardinals, Trevor? I'm surprised you didn't mention them. So the Cardinals, you know, they'd probably be in that next group of teams. Um, they're three and six, and they have Cl- Cliff Kingsbury as their coach, so that's obviously not great. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel great about the Cardinals either. Um, I, I guess, I guess they probably should be, you know, one of those teams as well. But certainly compared to the Colts, the I think the Colts are definitely the choice uh, for this week. Uh, ben, yeah. Ben, what do you think? Do you agree with the Colts? No, I think we should get rid of the Cardinals. I'd much rather get rid of the Cardinals than the Colts. Really? I think the Cardinals are worse than the Colts, and they're in a harder division than the Colts. Colts division's not hard at all. So other than okay. the Titans, they got the so Jags, think, the Texans. So why? Um, so I guess like why do you think the Cardinals are better than the Colts then? I think they're the better option to cross off because they got to play. I mean, their schedule. I think they got a tough schedule. Schedule. They have an insanely hard schedule moving forward, actually. Hmm. Um, I had I just had it up. I forget what it is. I don't know. It's just a matter of Cliff Kingsbury's gonna get fired. Like I just, there's yeah. no way he doesn't get fired. Kyler Murray's been been bad this year. Um, I mean, look at their remaining schedule. They got the Rams this week, the Niners, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Bucks, the Niners again, the Falcons. Like they don't have a bad team left on their schedule. They don't. They don't have you know any premier teams left on their schedule. But I mean, you just said the 49ers are a Super Bowl contender. That's that's two games right there. They got to play. They still got to play Brady. They still got to play in um, Denver. Like they have a really hard schedule moving forward. Um, I don't know. I just I have no confidence in them. And yes, again, the Colts are an easy one. And we can do the Colts. That's fine. They're not making the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. Maybe give Jeff Saturday a chance. The dude's never coached a game in his life. Maybe he's going to be the greatest coach of all time, Trevor. You don't know. I th- I think there is an element of this that 
I have more trust in the Titans than I did previously after the past couple weeks. Um, yes, I do too. So I don't know, uh, but I mean, my my picks the Colts. I, I think they're. I, I want the Colts too. I, I think, think, okay. think we'll we the can Colts do the Colts. Today. That's fine. And again, it's it's topical because they just made the the weirdest coach the weirdest coaching hire of all time. But um, I I mean I think the Cardinals are an easy one next week then because I especially if they lose today the Rams, which I think it's in L A. They're probably yeah. gonna lose. I mean, um, we'll see. Whatever. We'll talk about next week. I just I wanted to, I wanted to make sure. I'm glad Brandon brought up the Cardinals because I I wanted to make sure that they get the disrespect that they deserve. <laughs> for, sure, for sure all right well the colts are gone chuck them trevor colts are gone all right <clears throat> all right let's go to sbp bets small baller podcast bets um all right so our overlying bet is points scored it's still at 21.8 which means ben you are still in the lead um closest guess is 22.2 which is you ben so you're still in the lead uh ben me and you have touchdowns between josh allen and justin herbert justin herbert kind of stinks and his receivers are hurt, so you're going to be winning. But Josh Allen, one. his 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 arms all messed up now, so who knows? Yeah, he's playing though. He's playing, so hopefully he throws more touchdowns to Stephon Diggs. I need that for fantasy. Um, between you guys, it is Brady and Burrow. I'm guessing that's not even remotely close either. Yeah, Burrow. Or up. I mean, Brady has two today. Uh, he's most likely going to end with two. Um. I mean, I don't know. We'll see, but that that'll put him at twelve. Burrow, I don't have it up, but he's I think at like eighteen or nineteen, I believe. Yep, not even close. Um, Trevor, me and you, we have the Panthers versus Lions wins. Lions are at two wins. Panthers are at three. I'm now getting scared. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm now <laughs> getting a little worried because I don't know if the Lions can win games. I don't think the Panthers are winning many games, but I don't think the Lions are gonna win more games than them. I'll tell them that. I'll tell you that much. That that I am worried about. So we'll see. I don't know. What's the tiebreaker for that? Well, I forget what we said. They, the they have head-to-head. They've head-to-head. They've head-to-head game. Yeah. Have they played yet? No. They they play oh. on like Christmas Eve or what, something. What a garbage game. Yeah, that'll be a horrible <laughs> game. Yeah. They might play on Thanksgiving, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't they know. they, they play knows? soon. Who knows? All right. Um, that's SPP bets. Looking forward to Week Ten. Any games you guys are excited about? Obviously, we got Vikings Bills crossed on. I think the Browns Dolphins will be a really good game. Um, let's see what else we have. We have Chargers Niners, which might not be too bad. It's the night game tonight, maybe. I'm kind of hoping that's a good game. Uh, Cardinals Rams, you would have thought would have been flexed at the beginning of the year. Uh, but that game looks like it might be garbage. Ben, anything you're looking forward to here before we wrap up the pot for today? Again, I'm going to be honest. I don't even have the schedule pulled up for today, so I have no idea. I don't know who plays here. The Bengals don't <laughs> nice. play, our, so our I have Our teams no idea. don't play. I know. That's why I'm so checked out. Actually, uh, we me... have two and a half of our teams not playing this week. Yeah. Let me and look. Trevor, I... your, your team's playing early. Again, the I'm other just... half of your team is playing early, so we really are having a yeah. light week. I'm being a bad – I'm really I'm, – I'm being a terrible member today because every time you ask well, me a question, I don't, I don't have it pulled up. There's, well, really the game... just, I, there's a lot of games that are gross, honestly. Ugh. Yeah, There's I mean the gross games. The big game is Bills Vikings. That's the game. Right. Yes. And that's it's a great and game. it's it's about to start here in forty five minutes. Um, and Josh Allen, like he's not a hundred percent, so that's going to be interesting. The Vikings, they've had a you know they've been fortunate enough they played a couple backup quarterbacks already. Um, now they get to play uh, Josh Allen that's not at a hundred percent, so could help them. Uh, the Vikings are seven and one. I think we, I mean, both Brennan and I had them in like our top seven or eight in our power rankings, which I, I think you kind of have to do that, but it's not like I, like, I don't know. I, the Vikings are kind of on the edge where it's like, if I'm looking at Super Bowl contenders, like it's, I, I can't consider the Vikings a Super Bowl contender. I, I just don't believe in them. I don't trust them, you know? So even they could go and beat the Bills, and I probably still wouldn't believe in them. And that's that's probably wild. Maybe I'm I don't know somehow biased against the Vikings, but 
they're just like they're not i don't trust them i don't i don't know what it is about them yeah i i'm in the same boat like i mean they're seven and one that means something and it's Mm -hmm. not that they're playing you know objectively bad it's just like it's one of those things where it's like are the vikings gonna beat you know a healthy bills a uh an eagles uh, yeah. you know, Ravens Cowboys, and Chiefs. Niners. No, I don't see them being any of those teams. So like it's that I mean that's why they were where they were in the power rankings, even though they're seven and one. I don't know, it's kinda weird. Um yeah. Trevor, any any other takeaways you have before we wrap up the pod for today? Yeah, so I, I think I was trying to wait till the end to talk about this Bucks game because I, I was hoping it would be over by now. It's it's right. it's almost over. Um the, the Bucks are leading twenty one to sixteen. They have the ball with two minutes and eighteen. It's seconds. gotta get a first down. So they gotta get a first down here and they'll win. Um, you know, th- this game has been interesting. The Bucks played well in the first half. Their defense has looked good all game for, for basically for well, and eh, the second half there's been, you know, a couple drives where obviously the Seahawks have driven it now, but the defense overall has looked, you know, really solid, I would say. On offense, this has been the most consistent the Bucks have been able to run the ball all season. Uh, Brady for three quarters was playing awesome. He then threw a pretty bad interception on the last drive. Um, but overall, solid game for the Bucks. And I have a proposition. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should move their home field. They should they should move their home field from Tampa Bay mm-hmm. to Munich, Germany. I, I think that's what they should do. All right, interesting. Don't think that'll happen. But look, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Of course, subscribe to the podcast, leave a five star review if you enjoyed it. Uh, go check out our website. The link is below. I posted an article recently. It'll be updated. I'm sure Trevor's going to post again soon. We have other people on the horizon posting articles. So, so go check out our blog. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. You guys like it, right? I mean, I guess we're all a little bit biased, but you know, take that aside. Unbiased, Ben, do you like our, our, our articles? Um, Trevor's is fantastic. Uh-huh. Brandon's, Brandon's could could do some some work, but that's just my okay. Opinion. All right, so we're one for two, fifty percent. I'll take I'm that. Just kidding. No, they're <laughs> good. They're, they're both great. They're both very very good. Yeah, yeah. So un- that was very unbiased. Ben definitely has no reason to be biased. So uh, go check out the articles. They're really really great. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.